0: Doc's Watch is meant for entertainment purposes only and not, I repeat, not meant to give medical advice or diagnosis. Always consult your doctor and not your podcast host if you have a medical question, concern, or ailment. Enjoy the show.
1: Welcome to Docs Watch, the show where real doctors tell you what's real, what's not, and what's maybe possible in your favorite movies and TV shows. I'm Dr. Jen.
0: And I'm Dr. Deepa. We have reached our last episode of Season 1. Womp womp. We're going to take a little bit of a break and then come back to you with Season 2 at a so far undetermined day, but not too far into the future. <laughs> And I
1: think for the last episode of the season, we wanted to talk about TV and movies' favorite medical emergency, pneumothoraces. So we'll cover why you shouldn't fight mobsters right after a needle decompression. The parameters
0: of when stabbing a person is therapeutic. And why you shouldn't listen to ghost doctors. So enjoy. Okay, let's go to rounds. So what is a pneumothorax? What is a pneumothorax? So pneumo obviously means air. Mm -hmm. I guess not obvious. (laughs) Pneumo means air and thorax means thorax. And thorax (laughs) specifically being chest. Your chest area. Chest air. So a pneumothorax means air in your chest. Nice. Now, there are certain parts of your chest where there should be air. Specifically the inside of your lungs. (laughs) But a pneumothorax is when there is air on the outside of your lungs but still in your chest. Right. Right.
1: So really quickly, let's talk about kind of the anatomy of the chest in, like, really broad strokes. So you have your lungs, like two you just mentioned. You have the two lungs. Mm-hmm. They're in separate cavities on mm-hmm. either side of your chest. Mm-hmm. And then the lungs, so the entire chest is the thoracic cavity, yeah. right? So when we say pneumothorax, the thorax is referring to your chest. And it's
0: effectively everything above your diaphragm, right, but below your face. <laughs> below your neck, below your maybe? neck. Yeah, below your well, neck yeah sure yeah I would okay. say that'll we'll just say that, I yeah. mean parts of your airway are above your your neck, right but but below your but neck, the thorax, above your least. diaphragm yeah <laughs> um, so the lungs
1: themselves actually sit inside of what's called a pleural cavity so pleura it, it's basically just like a sheet of tissue and you have two of them and one sits on the one one is attached to the lungs so it's the visceral. Pleura. Mm-hmm. and then one is attached to the chest wall, which is called the parietal pleura. And basically, like they're so close together, they're only separated by a couple milliliters of fluid. Yeah. Essentially,
0: that it, basically allows it looks lungs like to move.
1: one layer. Yeah, when you're looking at X-rays and stuff like that, like you usually can't see any you spaces. Can't see it, no. But because it, there is a space there, like a potential space things can accumulate in there. So, like, yes. you can get fluid in there, which is what pleural effusions are. You can get blood in there, which is a type of fluid. <laughs> and then you can get... <laughs> blood is a fluid. <laughs> and then, Spoiler and alert. Then you can get air in there. So that is when we're talking about pneumothorax, we're talking about air collecting outside of the lungs inside this cavity. Yes. Um, and the pleural cavity is important because it helps... It basically helps, like, optimize your breathing. It transmits chest wall forces to your lungs, helps inflate your alveoli more, um, et cetera. So... In broad strokes, that's just kind of what we're talking about when we're talking about where a pneumothorax is.
0: Yeah, and there are different types of pneumothorax, no, pneumothoraces. <laughs> I
1: almost said <laughs> this is going to be a rough Pneumo- we have to pneumothoraxes. Say this word a lot.
0: this is why in notes we
1: say PTX.
0: Yes. So, um, so the kind, so the kind that you typically don't see in movies because they're much less exciting um, is when somebody has a like primary spontaneous pneumothorax it can still be kind of bad um but it's usually just because of somebody who has some variety of lung disease to begin with sometimes it can come from things like smoking sometimes it can come because you have certain like connective tissue disorders and things like that but this is usually caused because there's something going on in your airspace that causes your um uh, lung to develop these things that are called, like, blebs. Yeah, and we don't know why yeah. that happens to it's, some it people. It just happens to happen in certain groups of people. Right. Um, and a bleb is basically just, like, if you take, um, like, a it's like a, if you imagine, like, all the little air spaces and stuff are, like, little balloons, this is, like, blowing one up to, like, basically its limit. Yeah. So that it gets like really thin and it starts to get a little weak. And then as something might happen and then all of a sudden that little bleb like pops. Yeah. And the air that was in that little bleb then has to go in the plural space because that's the only place that it can really go. Right. So when somebody says like, oh, I collapsed my lung. This is like usually what they're talking about. If it just like kind of collapses out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. Right. and And when they're spontaneous like that, like in that you don't know. Spontaneous basically meaning that like. You don't know why it happened, and there's no trauma. There's no like history to explain like why this might have happened. Yeah, it, it happens more commonly in young, thin, tall men mm-hmm. who also maybe smoke. But that isn't. It can happen in women too, but just yeah. like most commonly, like in if you're being tested on this, like back when we had to take all of those tests in medical school back and stuff. The case presentation is them. always like a twenty-year-old. Thin, who's like standing at graduation, yeah. and suddenly he's like comes to the emergency something. room yeah. with chest pain or something like that.
0: This actually happened. I have a friend who is pretty tall, but not like particularly tall, and she's she's definitely thin. it's happened to her twice. Oh my gosh! Yeah, where she like started to have some chest pain and feel bad. At, and she had a Yeah, she's had two pneumos. Oh my gosh! Yeah, but they weren't bad. They were they were fine. <laughs>
1: So, so those are the primary ones. Secondary just means that you have some kind of underlying lung disease yeah. that would explain why your alveoli might be weak, weaker or like prone to rupture. So, like COPD is really common. Um, so people
0: who smoke cigarettes,
1: people who are smoke chronically. At risk yeah. for...
0: COPD stands for chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Yep, yeah. oh, yeah. it's an adult problem. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and we're peds, so yeah. we're pediatrics, so we don't know that much about it. Um, and then cystic fibrosis, F- too, yeah. can be associated with that. Yeah. But um, so then, in addition to basically like pneumothoraces that can be caused by medical issues like that or be spontaneous because of some underlying lung issue, you can also have traumatic pneumothoraces. And that just means that like trauma happened. And
0: that is what the movies The movies love, love this.
1: They love, love this so it. much, and and for traumatic pneumothoraces, you can have basically open or closed, right? Yeah. You can you can induce a pneumothorax through like blunt trauma to the chest wall, yeah. Because basically, like if you think about, because your lung is just a series of balloons, essentially, <laughs> and when we're talking about like rupturing a balloon, the lung it's is about, a series of balloons. Yeah, the about... internet is a series of tubes. Yeah, I mean, at base that's basically <laughs> what it is. But if you're just talking about like the difference in force or the application of force to like a balloon you can rupture things yeah. through trauma right but and so that can happen just through like blunt force trauma but you can also like be stabbed or, or shot. shot and that can in, in, induce a hole in your
0: chest cavity yeah. in your thorax you don't have to overthink it yeah whatever can make a hole if it can, can make, make a, a hole it can collapse your yeah
1: um but if that happens that's called an open pneumothorax and I actually don't think we – we should see more of these in movies, honestly, because, like, everybody's getting stabbed and shot all the time. But we don't see this that much. <laughs> no. But an open pneumothorax is basically – 90% it, of
0: people in a movie that gets shot just yeah, keep walking somehow. They just somehow. keep walking. That's fine. Yeah. But
1: for an open pneumothorax, we you'll also hear it called a sucking chest wound. Mm. And what that just means mm. is, like, every time you take a breath, the pressure inside your thorax is high enough or, like, is negative enough is that it can pull air. It's negative as compared air. to the air on the outside. Yeah, it can pull air through that hole. into your chest cavity and as you do that it just keeps accumulating air and the air doesn't have anywhere else to escape and your lung collapses yeah so what you do for that is you just put on like a dressing that's taped down on three sides they like close the hole yeah yeah until they can like address that and then it's fine yeah but we're not going to talk very much more about that except to say that like everyone in movies and tv should have Have them all the time
0: and 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 the um when people say that their lung is collapsed, that is literally what it looks like Yeah. Um, when you have a pneumothorax. So normally, you know, like your lungs inflate your chest. So they like fill up your chest. Right. Um, but when you are look like at an X-ray of somebody who has like a big pneumothorax, um, it can look really impressive sometimes because you can see like on – and your, your two lungs are actually separated from each other. Right. So just because you have air on one side, it doesn't go over to the other side unless there's another – like, unless there's something, other reason why there's unless a connection else between is the wrong. Two. <laughs> um, But when you look at an x-ray, you'll literally see, like, one side will look like a normal lung where it's, like, mostly black, but you see, like, the lines of the blood vessels and stuff and it goes out and the other side will be like really black and there will be like this yep. little shriveled up raisin like on the other side and you're impressive. like that is not right. <laughs> I'll see if I can something link like, a, like an interesting
1: picture or something yeah, in the it's, liner notes. It's
0: hard to miss when it's really impressive but the yeah. blackness of the air is what on an x-ray is like what'll tip you off. Yeah, it's
1: one of those things that I think in, in, in radiology rotations and stuff, medical school they were always like you also have to look for what's not there. <laughs> in that case, it's The,
0: <laughs> the lung. <laughs> Yeah, no, it has a very particular look. And it's really impressive, especially the first time you see it. You're like, well, I'm never going to miss that again. You you hope not in any
1: event. Um, So, I mean we think that basically movies and tv really like this because it's highly dramatic it's very dramatic and then you could just
0: stab someone in the chest and there's lots of violence it's a violence that causes another it's a stabbing that can cause another <laughs> stabbing but the yeah. second stabbing is a good stabbing it's a therapeutic stabbing <laughs> yeah exactly um so
1: we're going to talk about a couple of depictions of this there's so many there's so many out there there's so many so we only picked like three it's a common thing about.
0: for medical shows oh it's every a medical one. show has
1: done a pneumothorax at, at least, least once, once. A season, um, probably. and then
0: at least once not only in the hospital but usually something where they Somewhere. have to do it like yes. out in the middle of the street out in the world or like a pen in a in a forest or, or a something like that or something with the, like yeah that. exactly a, a pen where they like <laughs> a pen or a straw or something some kind of hollow tube and yeah they recognize what's I, happening and... i think there was an episode even of like it was either csi
1: or svu i don't remember mm. but somebody was like investigating a crime scene along the side of a road or something and she like tripped and fell and got a pneumo just like
0: (laughs) why they did not need to add that layer to this underlying
1: medical disease yeah
0: i mean (laughs) people using pens for various things in medical shows is a lot like once i think it was an episode of er or something where they used a pen to make a trach
1: oh they love using pens to make trach yeah Uh i'm like that is not great that would be really terrible yeah for many reasons. Okay, that's a different discussion. So we're
0: going to talk about <laughs> three scenes in yeah. three non-medical movies. Yes. So these are not like t- these are not TV shows that are based in medicine. I think only the they have the first one, let me think. Only two of them have some variety of medical, medical professionals. professionals. Yeah. Um and uh we're going to go in descending order of quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. The first one we're going to
1: talk about is in Daredevil, the, okay. the Netflix TV show. So in season one, episode two.
0: <laughs> not the Ben Affleck. Not the, ben Affleck not the pre-Batman Ben Affleck <laughs> no. vehicle.
1: Um, season one, episode two of this show is called Cut Man. And it opens basically right after the first episode ends. And in the first episode, he, uh, he goes to try to fight, fight the Russian mob and gets beat up there's a whole hallway fight scene which is actually really amazing to watch yeah but at the end of all of that he gets dumped in in the dumpster by russian moms yeah uh mobsters and claire temple who's rosario dawson rosario dawson who's just constantly stumbling across superheroes (laughs) and having to help them (laughs) finds daredevil in the dumpster and moves him into her apartment with the help from one of her neighbors and does like actually a pretty adequate trauma assessment honestly yeah like she puts on gloves. Points number one, yeah. like it's amazing. Nobody has gloves ever. And she any has of a these black, cool-looking black gloves. And then later they're purple, I think, but I don't remember. Mm, yeah,
0: but she, regardless, she has a little medical bag, some
1: PPE, some personal protective equipment. Yeah, like good job, Claire. Um, checks his pulse, checks his pupillary reflexes, which was she was like, something
0: is happening. Yep. They're not working.
1: And then ideally here she would have also listened. Because later on, she does have a stethoscope, know, but yeah, she, she doesn't, doesn't. But that's she fine. She doesn't use it. It's fine. She does like she a might general have figured overview. Out his whole pneumo situation for injuries. Sooner. Yeah, maybe, and that's fine. And then he, she goes to call the ambulance. He suddenly wakes up. Is like, don't call the ambulance. There's like a bunch of flashbacks. Eventually, there's Claire... like two long <laughs> flashbacks. Yeah. This this entire medical scene is interspersed with like at least four other scenes. Yeah. Of just flashbacks and other stuff. And happening. other stuff happening.
0: And and he's at the beginning of the scene. Just talking to her. Yeah. He's not, short of, he's not short of breath. He's what we would say mentating appropriately. Yeah. He's talking, you know, he's he's not complaining of any pain really, but he doesn't really complain. Yeah, I many. wouldn't expect the complaining of pain thing, but you might yeah. expect to see. I mean, he like groans and stuff. Yeah. And gets blood all over. Her but couch. he's looking fine. Right.
1: Um, he wakes up when she calls the ambulance or goes to call the ambulance, and then later on has a flashback, wakes up on her couch, and she's like you have two or three broken ribs, probably a concussion, and we're like, definitely a concussion. Yeah. And then I was also, like he had an injury and he some it. kind of puncture wound, some kind of knife wound. It's unclear exactly where it is. And then, um,. So she's trying to convince him to go to the hospital because yeah. she thinks he she's needs. She's like, X-rays I can't. I can't
0: make it better without a series of X-rays.
1: Yeah, and I don't remember what the transition is, but it cuts to like another flashback, like he falls asleep or something. Oh yeah, he
0: he cuts to it cuts to the flashback of when he is in the hospital after becoming blind, right? As a kid, right?
1: Yeah. And then he wakes up from that with a sudden,
0: sudden gasp. onset.
1: And then is unable to breathe. Very like, is short just of gasping breath. gasping for air. All of a sudden. And she listens to his chest for a moment and then says, you got air in your chest. It's collapsing your lung. Correct. And I was like, good job, Rosario Dawson. That is
0: what's happening. <laughs> so, good for you.
1: let's take a moment before we talk about what she did about that to talk about, like, what it looks like when someone shows up with a pneumothorax. So,
0: like, what kind of signs and symptoms are we looking for? They look very sick. <laughs> they look so really a, uncomfortable. So, pneumothorax is different from a, the spontaneous, just primary spontaneous right. pneumothorax. Because the idea is that you have created... Um, it's like people say it's like it's like creating a one-way valve. And as a
1: sidebar, most movies and TV, if someone has a pneumo, it's attention. It's attention yeah. pneumothorax. Nobody just
0: like goes to the hospital. Nobody and just an a regular oxygen for a little while. Yeah. So it's it's like creating a one, especially when you think of like a stab wound. You know, right. it's like a sharp thing. It goes straight into your lung and comes out, and it's like almost creates like a little valve. Then every time you breathe into your lungs, air goes through the valve accumulates in the p- pleural space and they can't go anywhere. It can't right. go back yeah. through the valve. So then every time you breathe it gets more and more and more. So what you'll see in a person is somebody who has it was very short of breath. It can kind of come down all of a sudden and it gets worse and worse and worse like in front of your eyes. Right. So they look very very sick. Um and so they just they have like the signs of somebody who's very sick. They're <laughs> breathing fast. Mm-hmm. Their heart rate will get really high. Um First and then in as the beginning. It gets
1: worse and worse, really low. Really low.
0: So as as in the beginning, of course, like the first part will be that you are under stress and that will make you tachycardic, which yep. is high heart rate. The second thing is
1: And you're in pain. So your blood pressure is up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you're breathing fast because you're A in pain and also your body's just trying to like figure out what's happening and it's having trouble breathing. So um you uh, the reason it's bad is because when as as the air keeps accumulating in the chest, there's only so much space there, and so the pressure inside the chest gets higher and higher and higher. And when the pressure in the chest gets higher, it makes it hard for blood to come back to your heart. Right. Um, and if blood can't come back to your heart as much, it's hard for it to leave your heart as easily. Um, and so you have you'll slowly start to have a decrease in your cardiac output. Um, specifically in this kind of situation, first your stroke volume, which is how much blood your heart can push out. Um, and so then the only thing it can do to try to increase your cardiac output is to actually increase your heart rate. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to increase it, increase it. There will come a certain point in time when like, just it can't happen anymore. There's not enough blood coming in. And at a certain point when there's not enough blood coming in, there's also just not enough blood going to your heart itself. Right. Um and then it be- it can become very, very unhappy. So you can actually I mean you can have a cardiac arrest. Yeah. From attention pneumothorax. Definitely. If you don't recognize what's happening and treat it soon yeah. enough. And they are they are emergencies. Like yeah. true capital emergencies. E. Yeah. Capital E and emergency. This is one of those things that
1: like, you know, earlier on when Matt Murdoch shows up, And she didn't listen initially. But, like, earlier on when she was like, you need an x-ray, et cetera. I'm like, agreed. You should definitely get an x-ray. On somebody who's literally got a stab wound on their chest. And just make sure, like, everything's fine. Yeah. Once we're in this situation where he is essentially, like, if you left him in that state, actively decompensating. Oh, he'd be dead. You don't get a chest x-ray. Because you listen, you know what's going on, and then you just treat it. Which is what she does in this scene. And you basically,
0: you hear air move on one side. Right. And you don't hear them on the other no, side. No breath sound. People on the will other say side. that. I mean, like they in like medical school, you learn like it'll be like tympanitic. So if you like, right, if you like use your finger and like <laughs> just, hit, hit the yeah. ta- hit the chest, it'll we like, do, feel like a drum. We do percussion. Percussion. So you taught, that's the word. I was like, what's the word in medical school? Is part of
1: your lung exam, and basically what that means is like you put a finger in one of the intercostal spaces, so one of the spaces between the ribs. Yeah. And then you tap on that finger. I'm doing it even though you can't see it. But you tap on that finger with a finger from your other hand. Right. So, like, if you put your left hand on the chest while you're tapping your knuckle or whatever with your right hand. Yeah. And then you just listen to the quality of that sound. Yeah. And usually it sounds, like, kind of dull. It's dull, yeah. it's literally, like, if you just, you know, like, flick yourself in the arm or whatever, it just sounds like flesh hitting flesh, so it's just 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 kind of like a dull sound. sound, right? When someone has, like, a tension pneumothorax and their chest cavity is filled with air, it sounds like a drum. It sounds, like, it, it actually sounds sound. very yeah. resonant.
0: Because there's air. I mean, it's like, it is literally what a drum is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fixed <laughs> container with air in it. <laughs> yep. And
1: then, depending on kind of, like, what, you know, it, where where the hole is <laughs> that's causing the pneumothorax, or if there is a um, wound from the outside, you can also get, like air in the subcutaneous tissue so oh, sometimes if you're like i hate that so if, much. You're, if you're palpating or examining the chest wall you can feel it and it feels a little bit like rice krispies yes
0: it feels like rice krispies you can actually push i was describing it this, has that noise i was describing this to a patient the other day i don't remember why but i was like it <laughs> feels like out. pushing rice krispies yeah um in someone's 100%. skin like if you push on it that's how it feels like little cracklies yeah
1: and that noise that crackly yeah. it's exactly like rice krispies Yes.
0: Yeah. It's like it's air that gets into the subcutaneous yeah. tissue. So, um, so yeah. So you have all of those signs. Um, if you do, if you're if if you're not sure what's going on, and you do have time to do an X ray, you do an X ray. Sometimes what you'll see is you'll well you'll hopefully see all the blackness from the air. <laughs> um, but you'll have the trachea will deviate away from the side yeah. where the where the air is, um, and then at a certain point. You know your blood pressure will go down and all the badness because the you bad don't have happen. enough cardiac output. Cardiac output goes low. Yeah, and then you start to get shock, and then and then you're really in a bad situation. Yeah. So Claire definitely
1: recognizes this as an emergency, correctly yeah. diagnoses it, and then does. I
0: forget why she's how she figures out that that's what it is. I don't. She know, has a remember. stethoscope. Like, does she, she listen before yeah. she does it? Okay. Yeah. That she listens sense.
1: to both sides. She listened to both sides, and then she was like. You have air in your chest; it's collapsing your lung or something and like that. And then she's like, "We well, just got to deal it." Good job, Claire it. Temple. I was like, "Where did you go?" To I mean, she worked Claire in the emergency. You room. did a good job. She's, she does such a good job. Yeah. And she also has a lot of medical supplies because then she yeah. she goes and does a needle decompression. Like, she there's has a the couple
0: of I've seen this in like a couple of movies and TV shows where like people just have like a bag, and I'm like, yeah. "Am I supposed to have that bag?" I mean, I don't. We don't. I was like, "I've got some SpongeBob band-aids,"
1: I and like a we pair have, of scissors.
0: Like, yeah, I have
1: like trauma shears.
0: I don't have even have those. I have the ones that come in the suture kit. <laughs> those like little cute. I little do have scissors. a random
1: suture kit. Yeah, I have one of those. I mean, a
0: suture kit has like tweezers, scissors, and yeah. some, and, and not I, even the suture most of the time. I have I have some suture just, <laughs> just to like, me, like just to have. It's I I, no I, I think reason. if I needed to mend something, I would use a suture kit because I, I have probably like... have more dexterity with that than I do with an actual needle and thread. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's probably true. Actually, <laughs> I also have like random little vials of lidocaine. Okay.
0: I don't have that. Oh, From like when came we in, do like, lumbar punctures kits, and stuff, yeah.
1: and we don't actually use the lidocaine a yeah. lot of the time. Anyway. Anyway. So she does a needle decompression. Yeah. Um. And so a needle to decompression is also called a thoracostomy.
0: Yes. And basically, ostomy meaning hole. Yeah. Thoracostomy meaning meaning <laughs> thorax. <laughs> Once again
1: thorax meaning thorax, thorax. Osteo Osteo meaning, meaning hole <laughs> um, and so what you're trying to do is you're just trying to relieve the pressure you yeah. just need to like give the air an escape valve so normally the way that you do this Isn't which is a thoracotomy is, no are you sure i'm now you're making me question myself but i was like i guess a thoracotomy is when you go in surgery i was like 95% surgery. sure th- before you started a thoracotomy is when me. you
0: go in to do I think surgery that's when you cut yeah and a thoracost okay you're you're right you're right no you're right you're right you're right <laughs>
1: You're right. Sorry. <laughs> I got to be more confident myself. So,
0: yeah, no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> anyway. So, she does
1: this actually pretty accurately. So, normally, for needle decompression, you go in the second intercostal space. So, the second In-between ribs. Intercostal means cost meaning ribs. ribs.
0: Inter meaning in-between. Yep.
1: And then you do it in the mid-clavicular line, which means your clavicles, your collarbone, find the middle of it. You go into the second rib space.
0: It's a good landmark because most people, it's easy to find their clavicle. Right. It's, you know, it's not like, even if you have a lot of, even if you have a lot of subcutaneous tissue, you're a larger person, you can usually find someone's clavicle pretty easily.
1: Yeah. And then once you find that spot... You stick a needle in there and let the air come out. Yes. And that's basically what happens here is she sticks the needle in and you can hear a hiss of air. And that is like you can actually hear that. That's the in real life.
0: that's the movie moment. Is when is you, hear, movie when moment. you hear the hiss. Yeah. It's not but in real life you can hear the hiss too. So. You can, but it's not like quite as like they make the hiss last a while <laughs> in the
1: hiss Last a long time yeah. in the movie. Um and then and then if you're doing it in a controlled setting. Yeah. Sometimes we don't, we won't do it in the second intercostal space. Like if it's an emergency, this is like one of the easier it's the things easiest to place, do. Yeah. But so a lot of times we'll actually do it in the fourth or fifth intercostal space in the mid axillary line. Which so is like under your armpit. Under your armpit. Yeah. And usually that's also because like long term to help with this pneumothorax, you're going to need a chest tube. Yeah. Which is just a tube that we put in your In chest. an emergency,
0: the second intercostal space in the midclavicular line is good because the chances that you're going to run into something else right. with your needle that, and you're trying to do it quickly is low. Yeah. There's not as much like critical stuff in yeah. that area. So yeah. it's like a good place where you'll get... And also, if you kind of sit someone a little bit up, then the air will be there. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> you the know, air rises. Yeah. So, yeah, so that is definitely... Well, that's usually what we do for an emergency. And yeah. then the fourth, fifth, mid-axillary line is if you have a little bit more time. And then also eventually when you place a chest tube, that's usually where you place it. Yeah. So and usually like if you're there.
0: trying to be nice, you want to find the space and then do put your needle like right above the rib. Right. Because right underneath all of your ribs is a little bundle of arteries and nerves. That go under each of your ribs, Um, and especially with regards to the nerve, it can really hurt if you get one of those nerves down there. So when people have actually have, if you're going to put in a chest tube, put it in a spot where you're not like pushing on someone's intercostal nerve. That would be so mean. (laughs) Yeah, generally you don't want to hit nerves to begin with. Needles and stuff. I mean, fair general rule. Fair. So Claire goes for it. She puts the needle in, Mm -hmm. decompresses him. Um, he gets better, and it, and and the truth is, like you know, you you get better quickly. <laughs> you do get immediate relief. Yeah, it's not a long term
1: solution.
0: You can't leave the needle in there, right?
1: Yeah, and it's not like you you get better quickly because like you get to relieve some of the pressure. But in reality, like in the hospital too, what we end up doing is we connect that to tubing to wall suction. Yeah, so you and actually you actively sucking suck air. air out. Yeah, in real life, like if you you would still get relief, but like. It would not resolve your pneumothorax immediately, such that later on you could go fight some Russian mobsters like oh yeah, immediately yeah, yeah afterwards.
0: Yeah. The needle that you use is it's a it's a bigger needle right. but if you want to get all of the air out, like what she really should have done is put a syringe on and then pulled air pulled air out yeah out of it. Because, you know, yes, a certain amount of air is going to come out just because of pressure. Yeah. But if you really... At a certain point, the pressure will equalize, and then you don't have a differential. Yep. So you need to pull the air out. Um, she probably didn't have either a way, Either way, no Russian monsters. The other thing is, she also says, oh, you've probably got some broken ribs. So, like... He can still, he's still at risk of, like, getting another one. Um, yeah. I mean, and, he still needs to go to the hospital. Yeah. And, I... what you, and the idea is, like, you get all the air out and, if you, and you put a chest tube in, basically to let that part of your lung, like, heal up. Yeah. So that you can then, you know, take the tube out and it doesn't reaccumulate.
1: Yeah. And in the hospital, when this happens, you basically are hooked up to a wall section mm-hmm. and then you're getting oxygen actively. Yeah. And then, like, kind of over time... You get, like, a bunch of x-rays, like, serial x-rays, like, one a day, essentially. And then as it looks like the pneumothorax is basically resolving or it goes away, which, is again, is not instantaneous. Like, it can take some time. You start trying things, like, you turn off the section and see if air reaccumulates. And if it does, then you're not healed enough yet and you have to wait. Yeah. And then if it doesn't, you can kind of, like wait a little bit, make sure it's fine, and then you pull the chest tube.
0: Or you and or you can also put the chest tube to what is called a water seal. Right. And you can see if you get little bubbles. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But, so she does, she does good up to the decompression, and then I don't remember exactly what happens, but eventually he leaves and goes to fight Russian mobsters, so hopefully he went to an emergency room afterwards. And Matt Murdock but.
0: is, like, a regular person. Yeah. So he doesn't have, he was not bit by radioactive animals. Well, he has animals. super senses. He's super sensed because of his blindness. Yeah. Right? I think so. He doesn't ingest the thing that makes him blind.
1: No, but I don't know, like, what the chemical was besides, like, something that made him blind. You yeah. because there's a lot of, like mysterious chemical spills because his his
0: healing should be like like a normal person right right right.
1: yeah like he doesn't have regenerative powers no
0: so like he should feel terrible (laughs) (laughs) he looks like he feels terrible that's true when when he is like gasping for air he does have a nice pale look to him he does a pretty good job yeah of portraying like one how difficult (laughs) fights are which is something we talk about later and
1: then also (laughs) (laughs) fights are difficult i would not (laughs) know and then also just like Really being in distress. Like, yeah. he doesn't look like, you know. Oh, you're in a little bit of distress. Right. Like a superhero that has been thrown into a bunch of walls and then is like limping slightly, but otherwise looks totally fine. Yeah. He looks like a like pain. <laughs> anyway, so that's Daredevil. That was, and that was a. Pretty good depiction, actually. Yeah. Of what attention to mode looked like in a needle decompression. Yes. So the next thing the we're going to talk one, about. Oh, my gosh. is from Mad Max Fury Road. Which we talked about a little bit already in a different episode. Yeah. About blood transfusions. About the blood. This is the
0: same scene. Right. But this is like the first part of that scene. Right.
1: And I described that scene last time. So we're going to let Deepa do it this time.
0: All right. Here's the thing about this scene. I don't remember exactly what Mad Max was about, Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I know it has something to do with people escaping, and that's why they're driving in the desert Uh for long periods of time. Sure. So this scene comes in... Later in the movie, mm-hmm. I believe. Yes. Um, and there's, like, some kind of car battle going on where they're, like, standing on the sticks. And there's, like, people going back and forth. And, like, that's how they get each other is, like, on these sticks is how you get uh-huh. from one car to another. Because all yes. the cars are moving. Um, Charlize um, Theron, who plays uh, Furiosa, has Tom Hardy by the ankle. Mm-hmm. She's, like, holding him out of a car. Yeah. And uh, out of the window of a car, as the car is moving, he's upside down. She's got his ankle. And then, like, some guy jumps over and stabs her. So she's out of the driver's side right. of the car. This is critical information to know. <laughs> she's out of the driver's side of the car. So, like, she's leaning to her left. All right. And then this some guy shows up with, like... I don't know a seven to eight inch long rusty knife, old, like sharp. It's not even a knife; it's just like a poker. It's like a stabby poker, <laughs> a blade of some kind. It's like, but it's like a cone shape, so it's really just it's like for puncturing. Yeah, it's like a shiv, but <laughs> yeah. it's like a fancy shiv. Uh-huh. She, he like jumps over, stabs her, and you they actually like they don't show exactly what part of her chest it hits, but one yeah. can assume it was somewhere on the right side of her chest.
1: Yeah, and you can see there's a little a little clip a little bit after that when they show it, blood coming out from her outfit like, her outfit, like between yeah. her outfit and stuff so you sort of can guess like where it is yeah and then the knife is in there like he leaves it in there for moment there's a lot the of moment. like fast
0: cuts for the moment there's yeah. a lot of fast cuts that happen and yeah the knife is the shiv is stuck in there mm-hmm. so then like I don't know exactly what happens next something the battle happens <laughs> there's like the white guys yeah. the guys in the white powder the um one of the cars has a bunch of like gasoline in it, so it like explodes. <laughs> they're in the other car and they they drive away. Yeah. Somehow they get out of their pickle that they were in. Right. Um and so then they're driving, um, but and they're trying to tell her they tell Max, Oh, she's really sick. She's like, Right. Not and at that point well.
1: that's actually also pretty good. I think depiction that's when of, she
0: like pulls it she out. She pulls it out in the battle.
1: During yeah. the battle. During the battle. And then when they start driving away, she also does a really good job of looking like, she's in major distress.
0: The fir- yeah, it, she does a good job because at, at first, it's just, like, adrenaline. She keeps driving. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, she pulls it out, and then they look at her, and she's, like, <laughs> not looking great. Mm-hmm. Starting to look pale, <laughs> breathing a little fast, sweating. Lots of sweating happening. So then eventually... I don't remember exactly what happens, but they're in the car. <laughs> uh-huh. All the girls are there. Yep. The like old lady is there, uh-huh. and like Shirley's is just like a full on like dying. Like yep. she looks awful. Actively dying. Pale. She's taking really shallow breaths, mm-hmm. and she's doing that movie really fast
1: thing where they're like, like, like it's that like a, noise. a little uh,
0: yeah. yeah exactly. So like, sh- 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 uh, shallow fast breaths.
1: I think it's actually kind of slow.
0: And. Uh, I don't know. It's it's slow, but it's probably faster than normal human breathing. I don't remember, but sure. But it is that yeah. like raspy. It's that like, I'm yeah, decompensating. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And then um, me- the old lady has to be like, she's got air filling her chest.
1: Is that what she says? No, she says she's collapsing she's her collapsing lungs. She's collapsing her lung. That's one right. One breath at a time.
0: But she says lungs Plural. Just collapsing both of her lungs. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, does she instruct Max to do what he does no. next? No, <laughs> no, she so, does not. So then, Tom Hardy, aka Max, uh-huh. um, gets a huge knife. <laughs> he gets like a it's like a hunting knife. It's like a it big, it looks like knife. a
1: serrated hunting knife.
0: Yeah, yeah. And he basically goes to the left side of her <sighs> chest and punctures her chest, like probably down at the like eighth or ninth rib. Like at at the same
1: level that the other guy stabbed her. Stabbed her, her, yeah. So like
0: low down. Yeah. Stabs her, and I don't remember if he takes it out, and then she feels better. I think he takes it out. He stabs her, takes it out, and then she starts like breathing more (laughs) normally. And then they go into this whole blood transfusion thing. Yeah. Which is we'll talk about in another episode. Right. That's what happens. Which. So I think th- I think actually the more
1: that I think about it the more I think this falls under one of those um misconceptions about your lungs being in the same space. Yeah. Right because if you if you thought that like your lung your pleural cavities were connected it might make sense to like s- Make a hole on the other side. It that not sense, but at least make work. a lot of sense, but like yeah. it would kind of work. Yeah. But like because your lungs are actually in their own individual pleural cavities, it does not work. It, <laughs> it does does just not made work. another hole. It was like, didn't you just side. do
0: what the first guy did,
1: <laughs> yes, but on the other 100%. Lung? <laughs> Which just means that Charlie's there and it's definitely going to die from infection and also actively bleeding out of her liver and probably her spleen now because (laughs) because now you've stabbed stabbed her
0: yeah because the other thing about it is um and we were you know when your lungs are big but they don't go all the way to the bottom of your ribs right um your ribs the bottom part of them also protects like your liver on the right side of your body and your stomach and your spleen on the left side of your body Mm -hmm. so at a certain point when you get stabbed in the ribs, you're no longer getting stabbed in the lungs, but in those organs instead. <laughs> in different organs. And, f- and for her, I would say the first stab, you know, maybe got the bottom of the lung. Possible, yeah. Because it it's also in the it, side. And if it's farther in the back, there's right. more lung back there right. than in the so front. So it's possible. Yeah, so that's possible. But where Max gets her <laughs> is like a little more in the front uh-huh. and like basically where your stomach is, you know. And yeah. so the air that came out was not from her, th- <laughs> from her stomach. <laughs> Poor Charlize? <laughs> Poor Charlie's man? Oh my god! So that was—I mean, this scene was problematic. I Also learned today that George Miller did go to medical school, which is a little disappointing. <laughs> a while ago, should have known. I mean, it was in the '70s, but he still should have uh, should have known better, my friend. So yeah. that one is—that um, one is definitely a rough one. <laughs> um, and then there's a whole blood transfusion that happens. Which After we talk it. about
1: in the blood transfusion episode. Yeah.
0: The other thing is like it might have. I almost would have believed it if he stuck the knife in and then maybe twisted it to create a hole. Yeah. If he didn't sink the knife in completely, and then take it all the way out. Right. Yeah. If you
1: if you like cut the surface like deeper than the surface, but like if you if not you went, like, like the an entire length of, of the knife, knife but, like the large like, knife. Yeah, a little bit, and then you made and a then- hole. Yeah, but they also don't – they don't actually – But I think actually, they show you – I think they do have a hiss in there. They do have a hiss in there. Yeah. But they don't have, like – the the difference also, too, is that, like, the reason why you use a needle, right, is, like, it's hollow. Yeah. like And that's also why, like, in movies and stuff, you do things like straws and pens and whatever. Yeah, like somebody because, will
0: put a pen and then they'll, like, take the, like, ink thing out right, of the pen. Right,
1: right. And it's yeah. because you need a hollow tube for the air to come out. Yeah. Because what will happen is if you just stab someone and you pull the knife out – your tissues are just kind of going to be a close little bit back closed up. and yeah. then air is not going to come out.
0: Yeah. Like in the Daredevil one, uh, Claire uses a needle that has what's called a stylet in it. So it has like a little plunger that fills up the hole that's there for the purpose of like not getting not allowing the needle itself to get like clogged with like tissue and stuff on the way in so then she pulls it out and it's only when she pulls the stylet mm-hmm. out do you like hear the hiss. it's
1: actually a really close-up shot too of her pulling it out like she pulls it out kind of slowly you, like, and see then it, the hiss and you're like, oh my gosh. yeah so yeah. in this case like i don't think they bad. put a tube
0: in at all i think it was just the no knife. no no they have to use their tubes for the blood transfusion yeah, that's true <laughs> they're gross <laughs> anyway deserts desert uh tubing so there's that one and then the last one we're going to talk there's about. there's the best one of them. This all. is the
1: one that Deepa just. I found showed this me, today, like, today, and
0: I I'm sad that I fr- I have actually I've seen the first part of this film, um, and I forgot that this was a part of it. Mm-hmm. The it's a it's a very it's a probably one of the greatest films of all time. I would say <laughs> that you've
1: only watched part of.
0: <laughs> that only watched part of. Uh-huh. Um, it is a 2005 uh, Reese Witherspoon movie called uh-huh. Just Like Heaven. <laughs> The plot of which is fully absurd, yep. but has something to do with Reese with moon being like a ghost. Yeah, because apparently an, she isn't actually dead. She is an ER physician or resident. It's unclear. Um, she's some kind of doctor who is an emergency room doctor and she dies or she's in an accident. She's in a car accident, I think. And yeah, she doesn't die. She, at the beginning of the movie, Surprise. sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> spoiler For the alert movie Just Like Heaven from 2005. Um, also starring Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So, Just Like Heaven. Okay. So, she's a doctor. Yes. And she's not dead, but she's definitely not alive. She's some kind of ghost spirit. She's, she's like a spirit. Yeah. Um, Mark Ruffalo is the only one who can see her. And right. hear her. So it is he, irrelevant what he is. He walks around <laughs> talking. I think he's an architect or something. I don't know. But um, as like everybody I in have a not 2005, seen this movie. I've only seen this scene. Everybody so. in a 2005 rom com was an architect. Oh, That's true. Or they worked at a magazine. Yep. Um, so he's the only one that can see her and hear her. Um, and she's actually not sure. She doesn't remember anything like from her life. Mm-hmm. And so the beginning part of the movie is her trying to figure out like what's going on. And he's the only one that can see her. So he looks like you know not in his right mind because he's just talking to the air. Yeah, talking to himself. Um. So anyway, so the scene is like somewhere in the beginning of the movie. They walk into a restaurant. Um. I think what's basically going on is that they're just like walking, and as she sorts of see- she sort of sees things. Yeah, she I would like assume gets it's like she's trying them.
1: to figure out. Like what happened to her? Yeah, Yeah.
0: who she is. What happened to her? So they walk into a restaurant, and it's like I don't know, like you're like a generic Italian restaurant (laughs) sit-down type of place. Uh And then something happens where a guy stands up and just like runs into a waiter, Mm -hmm. and it seems like a pretty benign like crash, but for some reason he falls to the ground and he's like unresponsive. Mm -hmm. And then in a very calm voice, the maitre d. says like, "We need an ambulance." Can somebody call, it, is anybody a doctor? Is anybody a doctor? And then, like, Reese Witherspoon is like, I am a doctor. Right. Because it comes back to her. I don't think it can, does it come back in that moment? I think it I think it does come back in that okay. moment. Because, like, to me, that is the only purpose of this scene. Okay. Is, like, to remind her that she's a doctor. Yeah. So they walk over, and um, he, Mark Ruffalo's on the ground. And Mark Ruffalo is a very unwilling participant in this. <laughs> <laughs> But this guy is, like, on the ground. He's not responding. Right. And she's trying to to tell him and s- tell him what to do. And so she goes through, like, things in her mind. Like, she says a bunch of stuff out loud. Like, oh, he's got something, something. He's breathing. It's a tension pneumothorax. First,
1: she says, does he feel bloated? Oh, yeah, does he
0: feel bloated? And he's like, what? I don't know. I don't know what that means. Um,
1: I don't know what that means either.
0: And then, <laughs> and then she's like, it's a tension pneumothorax. And then he says a bunch of funny things, like, mispronouncing tension pneumothorax. Uh-huh. Um. I don't remember them not right now, but they're, they're funny. It's, <laughs> it's a rom-com. This is the com part of the rom-com. Um, and then she's trying to explain to him what that is. Right. And she says, um, there's a valve in the lungs. If it doesn't close, then it constricts the lungs and compresses the rest of the organs. Yeah, and I don't know what the valve part means. I think she means that, like, s- that he, like, kind of like what happens when you get stabbed and you create, like, a little <laughs> valve.
1: Okay. In the sure. lungs.
0: I don't think she's talking about a valve that's already like in, in the, the lungs. lungs somewhere. Now, exactly what happened to this man that gave him a pneumo doesn't make any sense. Right. He just gets like, he just bumps into something. He somewhere. does have an abdominal surgery scar. He does have a sur- surgery scar. Which so then
1: it's kind of like, does he have underlying, like, is this a
0: secondary spontaneous pneumothorax or something? else. That's true. He does yeah. have a, it w- it's a very well healed scar. Yeah. So it's but from like, who something knows what else. it's from? And it's like in a kind of weird spot. It's kind of like an abdominal,
1: it's like upper abdomen. Yeah. Looking.
0: Like, what would you, what, what would require such a know. big scar right there?
1: Well, this is also like... Maybe
0: he had a spleen taken out.
1: I was also like, it could be an X lamp I guess so. That means exploratory laparotomy.
0: Yeah, he has a big scar. Um, So then they're like, okay, okay, what should we do? And so she's, Ghost Reese is trying to explain to Mark Ruffalo what to do. <laughs> so she's like, get some vodka. And he just shouts, can I get some vodka, please? <laughs> and, uh, oh, she says, get some vodka and a paring knife. And so they get a paring knife, a which is, of course, knife. a small knife. Um, she gets the vodka and, he, and she's like, disinfect it with the vodka. And he just like pours vodka <laughs> on this guy's chest. <laughs> um, and then oh she's like, OK, you're going to need to make um, you're going to need to puncture the lung or whatever. And he's like, oh, my God, I can't do that. So then he like drinks the vodka himself to like get himself hyped. And then she's like, feel for the spaces. And then, she, of course, he just like stabs him. Yep. And then he gets better. He sticks the vodka. Oh, that's right. That's right. He <laughs> takes the yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He stabs him, takes the knife out, and then takes like um, you know, like restaurants and yeah, bars, like the bartenders, the, spout the thing that they the put in bo- bo- bottles of alcohol to make it easy to pour. Yeah. Um. He takes that and he like puts it in the chest. Oh my gosh. All the way down Just... to like where the little rubber part You're is. You're in a restaurant. Get a straw. That's true. There are lots of hollow. You're in an Italian restaurant, man it's a penny. And yeah, and and he gets better, and then he resolves his pneumo, and I think they go to the hospital or something like that. I don't know what one, happens one afterwards. One, we don't know what happens to the guy. We don't know what happens to the guy. Because
1: it just follows them out of the, the restaurant. Whole purpose
0: afterwards. was to remind Reese that she was a doctor.
1: Yeah, I I thought the thing that. There were a couple of things in this scene that I thought were kind of hilarious. And one of them is literally, like, how low they stab this man. Oh, it's so low down. Because it is, like, it's basically where Max stabs Urio. yeah So, guess like it's, it's spleen territory, We're basically. not sure what
0: side this man's pneumo is on, but I yeah, guess we'll give him, give him the benefit. Give him the benefit. No, I think that Mark Ruffalo does put his chest ear on the chest, but he, like, doesn't know what he's listening for. He's just, like, some random yeah, guy. Yeah, like... yeah. And, and you have to like, listen
1: to both sides. And he doesn't, like, know, he how doesn't to, know what it's supposed to He doesn't sound know how like. to
0: tell Reese what he's hearing. Right. So like anyway, they
1: randomly stab him on the left side, basically at his spleen. Yeah. So presumably this man died. So like, of a splenic laceration. So, like once like, you stick
0: that once you stick the like bottle thing <laughs> oh in, just gosh. like blood's blood gushes out of it. <laughs> and then in addition, the the
1: vodka part, the part that I thought was really funny was he was like, bring me vodka. Yeah. They bring him the vodka. You're like, okay, fine. Alcohol. And she it's was creative. like, take the pour stopper thing out, right? Yeah. Like the pouring thing. And so he does, and he like throws <laughs> it on the floor and then chugs some vodka, which I'm like sure nerves. Yeah. But then he sticks the pouring thing like into this man's chest. That was chest just on the floor from the You're, like floor. at least pour some vodka on that thing too. Yeah, like and you barely poured it on his chest. You just splashed <laughs> it around a little bit. Oh my gosh.
0: So that scene there was just like so many it things. It combines so many things in one. There's so ghosts. Bits. There's another there's movie. <laughs> there's the movie thing of using alcohol oh as a disinfectant gosh. when you need to do a surgery. Yes. There Liquor. is um, an emergency procedure. There is somebody trying to tell somebody else how to do an emergency procedure yeah. that nobody else can see. Yep. Um, what else is there? there? It's a restaurant, so there's lots of people yep. that come and stand around. It's a classic,
1: is there a doctor here? Yeah. Scene. Is there a
0: doctor in the house? Yep. yep. Is anybody a doctor?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I I did try to after you sent me the scene. I try to look up whether or not you could use liquor as a disinfectant. Oh yeah, because I was curious. Can you? You can. I mean, it's not optimal. Like so on like, a don't, wound. Don't do it. Generally.
0: Not not to clean the skin. No, for no. no. A like as a,
1: yeah, as a, for the wound. Yeah. Um. And I mean, again, not recommended. And generally, like, depends on the alcohol. Oh. And they the were kind of like. Kind? Ideally, it would have Moonshine. to be high proof, right? Because like isopropyl alcohol. Which is like rubbing alcohol. It's is like seventy like percent or something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like seventy. The 80%. Rubbing alcohol that you buy is seventy yeah. percent. Yeah. So like ideally, if you're going to use liquor, it would be like obviously pure liquor, not like something that has sugar. I mean, you in can it.
0: use pure ethanol, and that's a hundred two hundred right. proof. And but like generally <laughs> yeah. speaking,
1: it's not great to like try to disinfect wounds with even rubbing alcohol or like yeah. liquor because it is not good for the tissues. Like, alcohol is oh, just bad for yeah. the tissues. It, like, dries the Yeah, down. if you just have a lot of alcohol yeah. there. But it's one of those things that, like, in on some websites, they're like, if you don't have anything else, and I'm kind of like, is there water anywhere? <laughs> like, just clean, <laughs> clean water. water? Yeah. But, yeah. All right. Not recommended.
0: Yeah. I mean, I was surprised to find this scene. When I search on uh, YouTube, pneumothorax, mm-hmm. I get this scene, another scene I'll talk about in a minute, and then the Mad Max scene. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep, those are kind of, I think those are the most popular right now, probably. And
0: all the actors in these movies have done well for themselves in the time since. <laughs>
1: Despite all the tension. You
0: might Despite all of it. All right, so shall we go to our resident lounge? Let's go.
1: So I found this one paper that I wanted to bring up for the resident lounge segment um, that was bizarre, and I did not have any idea that this was anything that anybody looked into ever. Or how you would, like, figure this out. Because... It is basically what journal is it from? It's oh. from Thorax.
0: Okay, like but from it's the a BMJ.
1: BMJ. Yeah. And it's a it's a <laughs> That's case. All I need to know. <laughs> it's case studies from it's like four or five case studies that were collected. This paper was published in 2004. Okay. And it was basically showing that each of these case studies, these people showed up with spontaneous pneumothoraces.
0: Okay.
1: And temporally this event was related to them listening to really loud music.
0: Do you mean like being at a concert? Or one of like... them
1: was at like a rock concert. Okay. a couple, One of them was like listening to their music, had just updated the sound system in their car and was listening to music really <laughs> loudly in okay. their car. And I think one person was at a party. I don't remember like all the details for each of them, but okay. each of them were like at an event or something that okay. had a lot of loud, loud music. music. And they hypothesized that... Right because of the air pressure variation that happens with specifically low and loud sound, so like low frequency high intensity noise, um, can cause air pressure variation that might cause a rupture if you had a closed system. So if for some reason an alveoli was like blocked or something like that, they hypothesized that you could rupture it with like a specific loud enough music air pressure change. Um And they also cited some studies that I did not look into gr- in great detail, but sounded kind of interesting that people have done studies apparently on um, whether or not prolonged exposure to low low frequency high intensity music. Okay. so like low like tone, loud music um, like when the
0: beat drops.
1: yeah, but mm. loudly. okay <laughs> over time, they did a study, and I think rats. That showed like parenchymal changes, so like changes in the lung tissue what? with like some signs of pulmonary fibrosis and stuff. But again, I didn't actually look up the details of that study. I was just like, that's really strange. So I don't know like how many rats and how significant that change was. But I was reading this case study and I was like, I.
0: All right. So one of these guys don't had, even know what to do has my- as a myopathy. They don't,
1: they just have a family
0: history. Okay, but he has a family history. <laughs> I
1: did look and see if any of these had like underlying structural disease, and they did say that like nobody, there's some like suggestive stuff in some of their family histories,
0: but Let's not see. all of them. He went to a pop concert. Yep. Standing within a few meters of several large loudspeakers. Okay, that's one. Mm-hmm. The next guy is 25, and he was at a dance hall, also standing near to the loudspeaker. Okay, so I guess you have to be near the loudspeaker. That makes sense. That so makes don't sense. don't stand near the speaker. The third guy smoked for 10, 10 pack years who attend 10 pack years, doesn't mean 10 years, but... Right. But he's only 23. Either. Oh, gosh. Uh, <laughs> he went to... Oh, he's had one before.
1: Well, that's suggestive, so... But yeah, all of them are basically correlated with, like, some kind of exposure. And it's interesting because I don't know, like, who Heavy metal. who kind of, like, um saw this pattern, but there is one of them who, like, showed up with, like, a spontaneous pneumo, and then on it wasn't until they, like... Really questioned him. Like if oh, you read that's like a, that's the third sequence guy, the of guy events, the guy who's had it twice, yeah, yeah. If you read the sequence of events, it's only like later on when they're really asking him that he's like, "Oh yeah, I was kind of near loud music <laughs> like, both times.
0: This happened yeah. to me. So, Interesting. Isn't that weird? Interesting. That's weird. Well, my my resident lounge thing is. um Uh, when I was searching for pneumothoraces on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Another one that comes up is one from the movie Three Kings, which I have no idea what that movie is about, but does have Ice Cube, Mark Wahlberg, and George Clooney. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if they are the Three Kings, or if there's a different guy that is one of the Three Kings. Uh But there is a scene in which, I think it's Mark Wahlberg who gets the pneumo. I don't remember. um, But... The reason it's notable is just because... It's a gunshot wound. They do some things, but they, they have this really intense, like, internal animation yeah, of the I chest. Yeah, I
1: started watching this clip because you sent it to me, or you showed it to me, and then when they showed this, like, weird animation, like, really wet Of, like, the inside is, like, of like inside lungs of and, like, and, like, your heart and all no this thanks. stuff. <laughs> and it's
0: just, like, what what are we... Why, why do we need this? They show, like, the hole in the lungs, and there's, like... Watery stuff I don't bubbling. I understand why out.
1: they showed all of that. They stuff. show a lot of some stuff. Some of it isn't even accurate. And then the
0: guy does put a needle in in the wrongish spot. Um, <laughs> but it already has a three way stopcock on it. Yeah, which
1: is basically a valve at the end of the needle. Yeah. And it has three openings, and you can, you can position, you can like, there's a stopcock. on it (laughs) that you turn to block things block like two of them yeah or whatever like you just pick which one is open and
0: so the funny thing is that he goes to adjust it and it's actually already in the right position (laughs) but thankfully he doesn't move it they just like have a scene where George Clooney like touches it and then moves his hand away so weird but please go online and check it out and if anybody can tell me what Three Kings is about so I don't have to watch it that would be great
1: yeah I I don't want to watch it and I also don't want to look up what it's about cuz I kind of don't
0: care. <laughs> I don't know. They're but in the it. desert. I have no idea. <laughs> um all right. So our discharge summary. Actual review of the thing. Okay. So of our three new authorities, mm-hmm. I will give Daredevil. All right. If Daredevil's going to get a I'll give it like an 8 out of 10. 8 out of 10. Uh Black Medical Gloves. Nice. All right. And then I'll give Mad Max. Oh. <laughs> Honestly, here it is. Mad Max is going to get a two out of ten guys on uh, floppy sticks. Mm -hmm. And just like heaven is going to get a three out of ten uh, pairing knives at Italian restaurants. Nice. For their pneumothoraces. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to use one metric for all three of them. Okay. And I'm going to do it
1: in reverse (laughs) in terms of like ten being bad. Oh, ten is bad. Yeah. Okay. So, and you'll see why as soon as I tell you what the metric is. All right. Okay. So Daredevil is going to get zero out of 10 splenic lacerations. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because, I mean, I don't love that he goes and fights Russian monsters and like they take the needle out and stuff like that, but she didn't lacerate his splenic, so that's fine. Fair. That is fair. Max is going to get 10 out of 10 splenic <laughs> lacerations because 100% she bled to death if she didn't die from infection. Yeah. Like That 100% happened. And then just like heaven... I don't I don't want to give it less than a ten out of ten because it's also really bad. But I guess it can also have a ten out of ten splenic. At least they put something Because a hundred percent he got a splenic laceration. He they put a bottle thing into his spleen.
0: Yeah. Blood probably. is just coming out of his
1: spleen. <laughs> probably. <laughs> so he just gets like hemorrhage <laughs> out of his body.
0: At least it was coming through something that previously just had vodka. And it was on the floor. <laughs> well, that's true, it was on the floor. All right.
1: Everyone that gets infection in just
0: yeah. all right. Well, I guess that's all we have to say about pneumos. There there will be more pneumos in movies.
1: There's always going to always be always and forever. In a
0: movie. There will always be somebody trying to put a needle or a pen or something else that is hollow. Yeah. But at least now you have a, a baseline chest. of kind of what pneumothorax
1: is like and what you would do. And so in the future, Probably maybe we never have to. <laughs> maybe we'll just have like a brief pneumothorax aside and we can just like rate the pneumo and then move on. And move on. Yeah, because exactly. now there's like a baseline. Now we have now we know where to start from. Yeah all right okay well thanks for listening
0: and see you next time hi everyone so today we are ending our episode a little differently than before as you heard in the intro this is the last episode of season one we had this idea on a whim during the early morning hours on nights when we were residents, and now four years later, here we are. Thanks to everyone who's
1: been listening. Our goal when we started this was mainly just to finish it, but it's been really great that more than just our families and our five friends have been listening. We're currently choosing topics for season two because this is not the end of Docs Watch, and we invite you, our lovely listeners, to send in suggestions.
0: What medical topics do you want to hear about? Have you seen anything in movies or TV shows that have made you ask, huh, is that even, like, possible? So drop us a line at docswatchpod at gmail.com or tweet us at docswatchpod and let us know. As we
1: mentioned, we recorded these episodes long ago, long before the coronavirus pandemic reshaped our daily lives in so many ways. We wanted to take a moment to give thanks and send positive vibes to our friends and colleagues on the front lines who are taking care of patients affected by COVID-19.
0: Both of us have worked in multiple hospitals, and we know that medicine and caring for people is a team effort, and there are many members of that team. So a quick shout out to all of the Doctors, nurses, respiratory therapists, patient care technicians, medical assistants, custodians, volunteers, security guards, cafeteria staff, parking attendants, plumbers, electricians, IT specialists, lab techs, radiology techs, and anyone else we may have missed.
1: Hospital workers are doing their best to rise to this unprecedented challenge, but they need everyone's help. Getting through something as huge as a pandemic requires collective effort. There are a lot of ways to help if you can. Donate to organizations that are supporting healthcare workers. Call your local hospital and offer to buy an emergency department or ICU shift coffee or lunch. Or if you know how to sew, make masks and donate them through organizations like makemasks2020.org.
0: But if you don't have the bandwidth right now to do those things, we totally get it. This has been a difficult time for many, many people. There are still things that we all can and should do, and those are stay home, Stay safe and wash your hands because you are a part of this team too. And with
1: that, we'll sign off for now. Truly, thanks for listening to our show.
0: And we'll see you next time.